Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Barbara Lavernos. Barbara is the Deputy Chief Executive Officer in charge of research, innovation, and technology at L'Oreal, a global cosmetics and beauty tech company consisting of 36 different brands. In this role, Barbara is responsible for overseeing roughly 6,000 science and technology experts worldwide, working to create cutting edge technologies to invent the beauty of the future. Across her 30-year career at L'Oreal, Barbara has served as President of Research, Innovation, and Technology, Chief Technology and Operations Officer, and Executive Vice President of Operations, among other leadership roles. In this interview, we discuss the intersection of technology and cosmetics and the evolution of what Barbara calls beauty tech. We cover how L'Oreal aims to develop personalized and innovative beauty products, services, and devices at scale through the use of artificial intelligence, data, and virtual reality. Barbara shares how the pandemic was a catalyst for digital transformation, e-commerce, and virtual customer experiences, and why business leaders are becoming more tech and data savvy. Finally, we discuss the importance of diversity and inclusion in leadership positions. If you enjoy Technovation, please consider reading my new book, Getting to Nimble, How to Transform Your Company into a Digital Leader. The book's available now on Amazon or wherever else you buy books. As a special offer to our CXO listeners, if you purchase 50 or more books for your team, I'd be happy to join your team for a group discussion on it. To learn more, write us at information at medicinestrategy.com or visit gettingtonimble.com. Thank you. And now for a word from our partner, Tanium, and the company's co-founder and chief executive officer, Orion Hindawi. Orion wanted to take a moment to provide some recommendations for CXOs in charge of technology and digital about how best to manage the cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, so our customers, I think, are realizing there are three things that they really need to be secure. The first is they have way too many products. And as a result of that, they're unable to operate all these products well, and there are holes in their security posture that are created as a result. Many of our customers have 20 or 30 or sometimes 50 different tools. And if they can move to a platform approach, they have a much higher chance of succeeding. The second thing that a lot of our customers are realizing is they need certain visibility on their environment. Every asset where it is, who's using it, what data's on it, what vulnerabilities it has, and to really be able to trust that they have three or four nines confidence in that data set instead of, in some cases, 85 or 90% confidence, which in reality leaves way, way too much of a surface area of vulnerability. And the third one is they need to be able to remediate problems they find instantaneously at scale, globally, even over slow links, even over devices that are not easy to reach. Because without that capability, unfortunately, even if you know that there's a problem, you're still going to get hit by the security event that comes after it because you can't fix it in time. And so between that platform approach, being able to have really, really comprehensive visibility and having really strong control, our customers are seeing a huge upgrade in their capability. And now on to the interview. Barbara Lavernos, welcome to Technovation. It's great to see you today. Thank you very much, Peter, to welcome me to this podcast. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, uh, Barbara, you, uh, until recently, were the Chief Technology and Operations Officer of L'Oreal and uh, recently became the President of Research, Innovation, and Technology at the company. And I wonder if you could just take a quick moment and describe your responsibilities, these growing responsibilities that you have within L'Oreal. Alors, uh, it's a long story, L'Oreal and myself, because it's a 30 year story, by the way. But it's true, you're completely right, uh, Peter. I have been appointed uh, Chief Research, Innovation and Technology Officer since only 55 days. So it's a new position. And it's a new created position, by the way, because before it was separated between technology and uh, research and innovation. 
Uh, to answer your question, let me first uh, let you understand that for over a century, uh, science and innovation have been at the foundation of our pioneering uh, spirit and the success with our consumers. And that's the L'Oreal uh, DNA. And uh, in deciding to uh, regroup both research and innovation, meaning science and technology, you know, we've decided to combine science and technology uh, to create them the most powerful platform to develop uh, the most advanced, personalized, uh, innovative beauty product, but also beauty services or beauty devices. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and what is also very interesting uh, at this moment, at this precise moment, is that the world is experiencing in both fields, science and technology, two revolution. On science, it is a green sciences revolution and technology, not to say to you and to your audience that we all know that there is a, a, a revolution that is taking place here. And you know, combining the two of it is our idea to open new possibilities and to have here the possibility of a creation of new incredible, uh, entering a new era of innovation. And that's what we are foreseeing in combining uh, the two because you have the green science on the one hand and the digital technology on the, on the other hand. And uh, combining those two descriptions will allow us to create what we call the beauty of the future. Uh, that's, that's what we were thinking in, uh, in, in joining those two uh, responsibilities. So um, on the science, you know, agronomy, biotechnology, uh, uh, allow us to renew completely our portfolio of raw material. And not to say when I speak about green sciences, everybody <laughs> look at it with a, with a new vaccine. Uh, we are all in and we know this revolution. And we know that these vaccines that are coming now are done based on science that are green sciences, very different from the previous science. And you saw already the power of those new green sciences. So green sciences are at the heart of the exploration of our innovation when it comes to product. But then with the exponential advance of tech, uh, we think we are unlocking new breakthrough uh, uh, algorithm-based uh, services, and, uh, and products. So that's the idea of combining research and innovation, our roots, our, uh, our DNA, with this revolution of, uh, of technology. And so we look forward uh, developing innovation that push the boundaries of science and reinvent beauty rituals thanks to technology. That's as simple as that to announce, but, but as you can imagine, not so easy to manage. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, and really interesting, just in terms of the progress being made in both of these areas that have justified the coming together of what traditionally had been separate areas of the organization. I appreciate that overview. Um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the technology aspect of that and some of this revolution that is happening throughout the world, of course, but, but naturally its application in an organization like L'Oreal and the concept of beauty tech. Maybe you can uh, provide a definition and some examples of beauty tech. Absolutely. Beauty tech, uh, I mean, nowadays, the world is tech. Uh, and every company transforms into uh, fintech, uh, medtech. I mean, so not only we decided to jump into this beauty tech adventure, 
But uh, as we are the leader of the beauty market, we, we decided to champion uh, beauty tech. So let me explain uh, in, uh, in, a, in a very uh, uh, short way what we mean with, uh, with, uh, with beauty tech. You know, if I have to summarize it in one sentence, uh, it could be to expansionally uh, augment L'Oreal game-changing science that we have rooted uh, by cutting-edge technology at scale. And at scale, it's really very important. Meaning that science combined with tech can allow and will allow us to power both consumers and our employees. Because you will see that in beauty tech, we have a symmetrical ambition to power both consumers and our own employees. So uh, uh, in fact, Peter, uh, here, what we want to do is to, on the one hand, invent the beauty of the future, and on the other hand, while transforming into the company of the future. That's the ambition of, a, of, a, of a beauty tech. So bringing new services, augmented services, augmented product, augmented innovation, uh, always on product, uh, services, data-based, uh, on the one hand, toward our consumers. And within our company, L'Oréal, as I told you, is, a, is, a, is, a, is born in 1909, in more than, in, uh, more than a century, uh, one century. So you can't imagine how much data we have generated over this century. And across all the beauty industry, uh, we have the uh, most impressive heritage in terms of data when it comes to beauty rituals, uh, knowledge of skin, knowledge of hair. So imagine the combination of this science with the technology, uh, if, I, if I put a simple word, technology means a lot, but uh, with technology, those two being embedded, can you imagine how much, and my brain is really popping up in terms of, uh, of uh, opportunities, in terms of product, in terms of services, in terms of personalization also uh, towards consumers, because your skin, Peter, is very different from my skin. Your hair is very different. Your beauty ritual is very different, not because you're a man and I'm, and I'm a woman, but everybody on earth has a difference. Uh, in the past, most of the company were providing, let's say, uh, global products that might suit to everyone. Today, we are, we are nearby to be in capacity to personalize to the end our offer towards the consumers, to know them uh, in real time, to know their expectation, to know their environment, uh, to know their skin, because uh, with virtual uh, reality, with virtual try-on, uh, we, we, we can have this dialogue with our consumer. Imagine for our researcher how powerful it is to target them the precise answers for, her, for our consumors. So uh, that's, the, that's the, what is beauty tech, you know, it's uh, really the combination of science and, uh, and, uh, and technology, and it's really inventing the beauty of the future while becoming the uh, company of the future. If I put it in, in concrete example, because at the end of the day, uh, I think it's important to be very uh, concrete. Look, uh, inventing the beauty of the future, the diversity of our consumers, uh, we just released at the CES 2021 with our brand YSL, Yves Saint Laurent, uh, the Rouge sur Mesure. It is our last innovation, a smart at home device with a range of cartridge uh, fulfilled with the best formulas in terms of lipstick that allow consumers to create their own 
personalized lipstick created out of thousands of shades with one single touch. Thanks to one app huh, that uh, can be installed on a, on a simple iPhone or on tablet, and by typing into an endless power potential of AI, the consumer can explore and try uh, the color, the looks they want. And you know what? We are matching the dream of each and every woman that will listen to us today. I can take pictures of my shoes or of my bag and have the exact similar color being produced in this device for me, my, person, my personal uh, lipstick. It's a, it's a, it seems to be very simple, but as you have understood, it integrates lots of technology and it integrates the best of what we can do in terms of formula for, uh, for YSL brand. That's one example. One other example is the um, Lancôme Custom Made Foundation, for example, what is called Le Teint Particulier. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a patented technology that creates a foundation that perfectly match the skin tone of each individual by predicting an exceptional match. Uh, the experience starts with uh, 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 taking a scan uh, of the consumer skin, and it's done in the point of cells uh, with three different places to have the real perfect skin tone. Uh, and then this data is interpreted by the highly sophisticated algorithm, which predicts the ideal color using the three measurement taken from your skin. And uh, the algorithm go on to determine the correct amount of each ingredient requires. And then you have the mix of those ingredients in 20 minutes. And 20 minutes after, you have the perfect foundation you are dreaming, uh, you are dreaming for. So those are two examples when it comes to personalization, for example. Uh, but when we are speaking about uh, uh, consumer, for example, always on interaction, but also the quest for transparency. Uh, consumers, everybody on earth wants to know what's inside my product. What are precisely the ingredients in? Uh, where are they coming from? What is the sourcing of it? Uh, how is it manufactured? What is the quality uh, level? All those information, I mean, consumers deserve to get it. So now we are augmenting our products, I may say so, with the technology of QR code uh, that everybody has. But what we have done is that uh, we have um, empowered this QR code with all information that we can give anyone to get uh, to, to to get on the on the product origin, uh, production, uh, manufacturing condition, sourcing our suppliers, etc., etc., and on top of it, as you can imagine, uh, we can create loyalty services, but also. As I told you, it's not only towards consumers, it's also towards our own company. We are working through this, thanks to this uh, augmented product, uh, to anti-counterfeiting, for example, uh, which is really very interesting. And with a, a serialized QR code, you can embed it. So you see how much the technology is, is bringing services that are fantastic towards the consumer that allow us to uh, also bring to them the awareness of the superiority of the composition, the formula of the product, uh, that deserve all the transparency we can share with, with them. And on the top of it, we can create a permanent dialogue with our consumer with this always on uh, uh, product and so on and so on. And when it comes to also transforming into um, beauty tech, it's also transforming our own company in a data real-time database at scale company, 
look at the forecasting, uh, for example, all the forecasting in real time to get yourselves to know what people are looking at, uh, what, what is the right shades that is so successful today to get this information the soonest within, uh, within uh, uh, our entire supply chain to get the right sourcing and the immediate production to uh, please the consumer with their, uh, with their uh, uh, request. So that's one idea. But it is also about environment. And so I give many examples, not to uh, give too much, but just to say that it unleashed in different fields uh, the opportunity. Uh, look at what we call L'Oréal uh, Water Saver. It is a sustainable hair care system for the salon, uh, the hairdressing salon, that can be also uh, uh, quite soon at home, uh, developed with a, a fantastic company, an innovative startup, Gyoza, that reduce water usage uh, roughly by 80%, 8-0 when it comes to, uh, to, to, to wash your hair uh, and bringing a new uh, hair care experience, uh, a digital dashboard to salon owner to track reduction of water, energy and cost, and so on, and so on, and so on. So beauty tech is not, you know, nor a brand name, uh, nor uh, an idea, nor a speech. Those are concrete, already released innovation. And uh, I, I can't share with you because it's today a secret, but the pipe of innovation that the teams are working on for creating the beauty of the future while transforming into the company of the future. Remarkable. Uh, thank you so much for that, that overview, uh, Barbara. And it strikes me as I think about this, this is obviously the things you, could, you can share and have shared are uh, likely months and years in the making. But a lot of what you ju just described uh, must have been uh, particularly fortuitous given the pandemic. So the ability to use uh, personalization and digital tools and you know, at a time where it wasn't safe to have the tactile version of trying on uh, you know, makeup, for example, or trying on beauty products uh, in a store for a time anyway, I'm sure this has been a, 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 a pr proven to be a real blessing for you to have these tools in the works uh, and, and already implemented. And I'm curious, I would imagine that perhaps in the initial phases of introducing this, that the adoption would have assumed to be of the younger generation, those that are most familiar with you know, the, the use of devices like these and, and others. And I, I can only imagine that perhaps this has reset the thought process, reset the, the, the actions and the, the methods of, of, of multiple generations as a result of this. Has, 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 the, um, has the pandemic been an accelerant in terms of digital adoption from your perspective? Absolutely, Peter, you're so right. I mean, after the pandemic, everybody can say I'm a millennial. You know, my, 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 my parents uh, were, my parents, uh, whatever your age, whatever, wherever you are, so in terms of, uh, of, uh, in terms of geography, I mean, the pandemic is, uh, is something super uh, unprecedented and sad. But you're absolutely right. It was a, not an accelerator, a catalyst propelling everyone into this new digital world. You're speaking about the virtual try-on, for example. But the virtual try-on, as you, as you know, we purchased Modiface some years ago, uh, a, a Canadian company based uh, on virtual try-on. And it's true that every point of sale were closed across the globe. It was, a, a, it was impossible. So everybody shifted on, on e-commerce. And then 
we had to interact with our consumers. And, and you have also to understand that we decided as a company, L'Oreal, not to stop to launch new products, to continue to innovate uh, even during 2020. So we wanted to share those innovations, those new shade to, uh, with our consumers. And here, the virtual triumph that was already uh, embedded in some of our sites, et cetera, et cetera. It was then unleashed everywhere. And, uh, and it's unbelievable how much it has allowed women, because uh, the virtual trials were mostly about, uh, about makeup, to test uh, all those colors and to make uh, relevant choices when it comes to, uh, to e-com. So it has been a catalyst. And guess what? Tomorrow, it will, it will not come back. Even if the shop are going to open again, those virtual trials will be Im implemented uh, everywhere because people love in the store also to have those experiences and to test different, uh, different makeup. It's also true not only for makeup, but those virtual tools, devices, and algo has been also to help skin consultation. Uh, with your iPhone, we have the skin consult, and with your iPhone for the Vichy brand, for example, you can see all the mark and the problems you have on skin. And here we have also a support to help you to choose the right and, and appropriate and accurate product uh, to, um, to, to uh, cure you or to indulge you. Uh, so it's true that it has pivoted all our consumer into this new field. That's for the virtual try on your right. But I must say, Peter, the biggest shift was e-commerce. You have to understand that we were already at the forefront in e-commerce. L'Oreal decided years ago to shift in it. And uh, it, uh, it's already a big share of our business. It used to be a big share of our business in some countries such as China. Everybody knows about China, the famous 11-11 event, et cetera, the festivals, et cetera, et cetera. But across the globe, it was the same story. Every Shops were closed, physical shops were closed, so they had to pivot. So in 2020, uh, more, more than 25% of our business uh, was done on e-commerce. Uh, so it was an increase of 70% of e-commerce uh, e sales uh, that we experienced. And here again, there will be no way back. Not to say that people will not come back to physical shop, but they will go to physical shop for other experiences. And here again, technology will play a key role for entertainment, for precision advice, uh, for uh, uh, our professional taking care of them on a very personal standpoint, while e-commerce will come to 50% of our sales quite soon in a few years, no doubt about it. And here, Again, uh, the acceleration brought by COVID was on the one hand extraordinary to explore and we were in advance at uh, L'Oréal, so we were facing this, let's say, with already uh, rooted solution. But to be also very transparent, it was a huge challenge for all the teams because the size, the scale of this uh, was unprecedented. Uh, you, you, you have to imagine, uh, I was at that time uh, still in charge of operation. Can you imagine in supply chain distribution center uh, where uh, three thirds of your activity used to be full pallets delivered to uh, uh, distribution centers to the Walmart of the world. And then uh, overnight, you had to deliver you, Peter, at home, uh, between 11 and 11.30 with a very nice gift box. It's not exactly the same way to uh, register the orders, 
to prepare the orders and to organize the last mile deliveries. So it has been uh, an extraordinary challenge. And uh, I take the opportunity of this podcast to, uh, to, to thank again the team where the commitment of our teams was unbelievable. Uh, but it's true that it has been such a catalyst. We were suffering sometimes. We had gaps, very, uh, very uh, easy to identify. And now we are working hard to overcome those, uh, those gaps. But yes, the COVID is a disaster, but the COVID is a catalyst when it comes to tech. Yeah, very interesting. Well, we, we talked about this role that uh, 55 days, I believe you said ago, you took on. Um, if I read correctly, in May, you're going to be expanding your responsibilities to become the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of L'Oréal. Congratulations, félicitations. Um, Thank you very much, Peter. Thank it's, you. Re- remarkable. And, and of course, look, I, I, this is a testament to the remarkable contribution, clearly, that you have made across three decades at this company. But I'm also curious, what I think is, is fascinating about this is as Deputy Chief Executive Officer, not so long ago, in most companies anyway, it would seem an impossibility for somebody with a technology background, somebody who grew up in technology, to take on this post. That it would be somebody who it w- was in a different part of the organization. Technology wouldn't necessarily have been viewed as strategic enough uh, to take uh, to, to be the pathway to these sets of responsibilities. And so clearly, number one, it's it's a sign of the great work that you and your team have done to justify this continued expansion of responsibilities that you have had. But it also doesn't it um, suggest the advance of technology, generally speaking, as an important ingredient for an executive, again, in a progressive company like L'Oreal, that it's an important ingredient uh, for for leaders to have, perhaps. And this now suggests maybe future opportunities for other technologists to be cut, to, to rise to the heights of a deputy chief executive officer. So I, I guess my question is, um, as you reflect on your journey uh, through technology, the expansion to the operations uh, sets of responsibilities, now president of research, innovation, and technology, so growing further, then growing further still to deputy chief executive officer, as you reflect on that, uh, what would you say is maybe even f- for other people who are leaders who would wish to follow in your footsteps, uh, what does it say about the the role of technology in, in, in providing broader opportunities like this? I understand very well your, uh, your point and you, you're completely right. I mean, as I told you, tech is everywhere now. Tech is everywhere. And what CEO of the world, I'm not speaking about deputy CEO, I'll come back on this, but what CEO of the world can be out of being a tech person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, today I can't imagine a top manager, whatever his responsibility, not having a tech savviness and a data savviness, I must say, because here there is a tricky part when uh, when uh, when coming to, uh, to, to data. So when L'Oréal has decided to put science and tech uh, at uh, this level of uh, responsibility, it reflects two beliefs. One, what was pre-existing. As I told you, science is our heart, is the heart of the company. So that is not a huge change, by the way, for L'Oréal. But uh, we entered into our digital journey eight years ago, and it was already a revolution. Three years, three, four years ago, we felt the the world is experiencing a new revolution, the tech revolution. And to share with you how it went. And uh, let me me tell you uh, uh, the behind the scene. Uh, We felt that. 
and our CEO, Jean-Paul Agon, decided to understand what is at stake with this tech revolution. And we have been asking the top 10 tech company of the world to give us the top CEO of those company or C-suite to offer us four hours at time to explain to us what is happening with this tech revolution. What is this cloud revolution? What is about the IoT? What is about? We knew those, those words. We used already those technology. But at the end of the day, what is at stake? What is really at stake when it comes to business model and to this tech revolution? And you know what, Peter? It was um, within one month, every two, every two or three days, we had one full morning dedicated with the most clever and, 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 and expert people of the world about tech that shared with us their vision, their own transformation of their company, uh, and explained to us uh, this, uh, this revolution. And here it was a kind of epiphany for us. We already felt it instinctively. We were already into our digital journey, but we fully understood how much this revolution is not something that is, or is no more, you know, a, a technological expertise that is uh, needed to sustain the business. It is a business. Technology is a business today. So my appointment in this position is really only the translation of this belief, our DNA, irritated belief on science and the power of science, while tech now on par with science is really the future of our company. So, and, and, and I must say that it was true for uh, some electro already for tech company of sure, but for electronic, for manufacturing uh, uh, businesses, etc. Yes, L'Oreal maybe is one of the first fast consumer good company uh, combining those two uh, science and technology uh, uh, responsibility. But my personal conviction is that it will come more and more. And that I use, since the beginning, you heard about that, the tech world. I, I, I do not use, use IT, but IT is inside. Huh? It's, uh, it, it, it's all about IT. Uh, tech is a new way to speak about IT. This is a new IT. So uh, it's true that in fast consumer good company or in some different businesses, IT was a fantastic expertise, skills that was needed, etc., etc. Was it as strategic as it must be today? Not sure. What, what I can tell you, and, and, and that, that is my testimony. I used to work with IT uh, since uh, 30 years. And they were my companion over those 30 years they became fully, completely strategic, let's say uh, eight years ago, when we transformed into industry 4.0, when, uh, when we entered this digital shift, and more and more IT came up, 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 up into everything. When you speak about advertising, we are uh, one of the most uh, 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 investing uh, company of the world in advertising. It's tech-based today. You know that when it comes to innovation, and that's again uh, the fundamental of L'Oreal, it's about technology. When it comes to supply chain e-commerce, we just spoke about it. It's come about technology, finance. If you are not real time at scale, capable to AI all those figures, how can you uh, properly manage your finance, etc., etc. So it's really the tech that came up to everything. And I believe that fast consumer good company of the world will create it uh, in the years to come. That's my conviction, this RNI and tech uh, position 
because that's obvious today. Very, very well said, Barbara. I also want to ask you um, a similar question, but uh, one about being a, a female technologist and now a female executive rising to among the highest ranks in one of the world's most important companies. Uh, you know, you're reaching heights that, that few women have reached um, and, and did so again through technology, a, a discipline that historically has not has been underrepresented by women. And I wonder, again, as you reflect on your 30 years, your rise, uh, your your additional responsibilities recent and the ones to come, um, what do you, what is your own thought process about the state of women in technology today? First of all, you know, Peter, it's d'abord women in, leader, in leadership position. And here, I'm not oppositing at all men and women. You know, I hate this story of uh, women leadership style in opposition to men leadership style, etc. You have fantastic male leaders, you have fantastic women leaders, and you have very bad men leaders and very bad women leaders. So that's not my story. My, my, my thought uh, is much more about the fact that previously, the, the world of business, the world of company, and the world of tech, especially, was mostly a male uh, environment, and the leaders were mostly male. We need women to enter it just because the world is diverse, and tech solutions that are released nowadays must just be enriched by the both, men and women, to create a solution to shape the future that is really enriched by those different uh, uh, archetypes. The challenge for women in tech are the normal challenges of a woman taking leading position. So the first thing is, uh, you know, for, for women, it's, uh, it's a lack of confidence, uh, illegitimacy, which still remain, uh, which, is still, uh, which is still difficult to uh, overcome. And being a minority in some cases is still a difficulty. And that's not precisely related to tech. It's, it's global. Uh, I joined L'Oreal and I'm proud to say that I stood at L'Oreal 30 years because it's long time that we've decided that we have to move uh, into a, 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 a gender equal uh, com uh, company in terms of, uh, of leadership. And I'm sure you've seen that uh, L'Oreal is ranked first in gender equality by uh, Equilib Europe, has been recognized in Bloomberg, uh, gender equality index in Jan 2021, uh, because we started years ago. And I mentioned that starting years ago, because if we want women to come into tech, the first thing is to have young women in their study moving to tech. And you know, young women will move into tech study because we will need plenty of young women jumping into that field uh, to get leaders uh, in a few years. Uh, they will move to, or if and only, they see concrete example of women taking those leadership positions. Uh, their speeches, uh, conviction are not enough. We need, when you are a minority, if you don't see concrete example, you don't allow yourself to move into this because you feel uncomfortable, you feel uh, being a minority. It was my case, I must say. I'm an engineer. I'm not, a, I'm not an IT tech uh, 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 woman. Uh, it came down the road and I, and I studied uh, during my career, but I'm a chemist engineer. When I did my study, 
we were 10 percent girls in my in my uh, in my school you know so uh truly it was it it was not something easy to be 10 percent because the code the jokes uh the way to behave were mostly male uh, ones. When entering to my company and taking some position, I was plant manager when I was uh, 30 years old. And at that time, there were very few female taking those, those type of position. And you know, for me, it was not a question. I, I, I found it very natural, but the people in the factory didn't feel it very natural. And the, the main question I got during my first month joining them was about my me being a female. And I told them, I'm a female, but uh, I'm an engineer, I'm your plant manager, and we work together. My answer, so it was not a question even for me, but it was a question for, uh, for them. So it's true that uh, when, when, I, when I was doing my career path, having those different positions, why did I, did I jump to those positions? It's because I saw one, two, three, four, ten examples uh, above me. That opened door, that opens door to my generation, and that allow me and allow my generation to come to that position. We must absolutely show those examples with humility. I'm not showing me. I, I hate, for example, to be what's being called a role model. I'm not a role model. I don't want anyone to mimic me. Uh, that's not my point. But to know that it's possible. It's possible to have this leading position. It's possible to have a personal life. It's possible to have children. It's possible to wear high heel and to be a tech woman, a woman in tech. So that's not in a position. We need concrete example. I think the youngest generation need concrete example. And I, and you know, it's also very important for us to, sh as women, to share it in a very open manner with a lot of transparency. Uh, because I think my generation, uh, prior to us, there were a generation of women that opens door to us, and then. We jump in and we took our role. Uh, but still, uh, for women of my generation, we didn't allow ourselves so much to be ourselves. Uh, our authenticity as a woman was sometimes not very easy when being in a, in a, in a men's world, which was not the case at L'Oreal, as I already told you, but you can imagine in other company, it's uh, I work with, or in some instance, I was the only woman in the room, etc., etc. What I hope my generation would transmit to the youngest generation is the, the ability for this youngest woman to be themselves, to bring their authenticity. Because in bringing their authenticity, and especially in tech, the tech solution that they will build, that they will innovate with men, will take into account the authentic truth of belief, of hope, of user experience, of way of thinking that is a little bit different and we all acknowledge it. So that's how I, I believe we have to continue the journey. It's, it's still, it's still a, not a fight again, but it's still something that we need to uh, sustain, to support, to push, if I may say so, because uh, today uh, uh, women, especially the youngest, are not naturally uh, moving to uh, this tech world. So if I can share something is that every woman listening to this podcast, having already a tech position, a role in infrastructure, in IT, uh, in AI, etc., 
to expose herself a little bit, to allow the youngest woman around them in their ecosystem to know them and to see what they're doing to be inspired. Well, that's, I think, a wonderful point to close on, Barbara. What a wonderful and inspirational conversation this has been. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the details of your career journey uh, and the remarkable success that you've achieved with your team. Thank you also for sharing the details of the innovations that, that you've already brought to, to bear, uh, some, some, some details of what might yet be, uh, be around the corner as well. It's been a wonderful conversation. So it's me to thank you, uh, Peter. It was fantastic. And uh, I want just to finish, if you allow me, with uh, something that is uh, inspiring me so much in taking my new position. I was looking Please. at, you know, yes, yes. when because in FMCG, as we as we said, there is not so much uh, uh, research and innovation and, and technology positions that exist. So I was looking, searching, reading, etc. And uh, and we are in a tech talk, so uh, it's a quote of Steve Jobs, uh, who was so visionary always. So in 2011 already, so 10 years ago, he said, "I I uh, I believe the biggest innovation of the 21st century will be at the intersection of biology and technology. A new era is beginning." So can you imagine? how this quote is really inspiring me today in jumping into my new position. So thank you very much, Peter. <laughs> very, very kind. Well, that's, I, I thank you so much for, for, for sharing that detail. And thank you so much for, for the broader conversation, which has been, been very enlightening. Thank you so much.